Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. This is a little video slash podcast that I like to uh, put together, try to put together uh, once a week for my little corner of the hemisphere where I like to talk about all things investing, talk about what's going on in the stock market, interesting things that I'm seeing going on in the stock market, and how I'm going about making investment decisions. And really the point of it is just to share with you what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, and what I'm doing um, with the goal that you could perhaps take some of the nuggets of, uh, of my thought process that I go through in terms of making investment decisions and bringing it into how you frame your investment decisions. My name is Amin Reina and uh, I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And as an investment coach, what I do is I work with uh, new and existing investors um, who wanna become more financially independent, but just feel frustrated, intimidated, um, scared by the whole investing concept. They either don't know where to start when it comes to investing and buying and selling stocks, or they've been investing for a while, but they're just not making the same traction or progress with the portfolios that they thought they would be. So <clears throat> what I do <clears throat> as an investment coach is I, I teach people and I engage with people on how to make better, more educated uh, investment decisions so that they can achieve a certain level of financial freedom in their life and, and achieve it with achieve it with confidence. So that's what I do. So this is episode 85 and today I'm kind of building a little bit on some of the previous episodes where I've talked about some of the, it's kind of this debate that's been going on out there right now in the investment industry with respect to actively managed uh, investment strategies versus passively managed investment strategies with the stock market just like taken off over the last seven, eight years. Um, the passive managed, passive you know, in debt management investing process strategies have really taken off and are just dominating the landscape and really disrupting um, the traditional investment industry. And so I find it interesting. And so right now there's there's camps that are just kind of going at each other with, uh, you know, active investing is the way to go and passive investing is just, you know, death. It's just a fad. It's not going to happen. And the passive investing say, well, look at the research saying long term Active management can't work because it's too expensive, too much overhead. There's this constant back and forth going on with it. And <clears throat> and there will always be going this bad. I don't think this is a debate that's going to ever get resolved. Um, and, I, and I'll talk about it later when we talk about strategies and stuff like that. Uh, so what I'm going to talk about is I came across this article in the New York Times a while ago. And it really um, kind of caught me by surprise, and it kind of didn't catch me by surprise, and I'll kind of tell you where I'm going with it um, as we move along here. And so the, the article is called, uh, An Index Fund Evangelist is Straying from His Gospel. And it's about a gentleman named, uh, if you're new to investing, you've probably never heard of him, is uh, Burton Malkiel, and he's an economist uh, from Princeton. And he is famous in the investing world, because uh, he wrote a book, uh, long time ago called Random Walk Down Wall Street. And it was, it's considered one of the iconic investing books out there because it challenged uh, a lot of notions with respect to investing in the sense that uh, really what it comes down to is uh, it's really hard to figure out what stocks to buy and sell. It's really hard to beat the market and uh, there's no point doing it. So Mr. Malkiel has been really uh, kind of one of the patriarchs of with respect to index investing and passive investing and essentially he and one of his and he's, he's a very colorful person he's, he's thrown a lot of great quotes and one quote was 
that he's renowned for is that essentially a quote-unquote a blindfolded monkey throwing darts at stocks at the stock listings could select a portfolio that would do just as well as one selected by experts. So he's very much in the camp of index investing. And he's so much so that he actually could be claimed, could be stated that he was actually the first person to start a passive index fund because uh, he got involved with Vanguard a long time ago and he's been on the board of directors for Vanguard for almost 27 years and he's been credited to be the founder or the pioneer with respect to index funds. And long time ago in the late 70s, early 70s, uh, he created it. He's now 84 years old, so he's, you know, he's up there. But what's interesting is he's the man who's created it. So he's basically pounded the table, him and the Jack Bogles of the world, have pounded the table. And Vanguard has been, their whole value proposition is about low-cost investing is a much better way to go um, <clears throat> for long-term investing. <clears throat> and just investing in a basket of passively of, of broad-based index and having exposure to that is going to do a better job, get you better returns over the long term at a better cost, at a minimal cost compared to just trying to figure out what stocks to buy and sell. So <clears throat> it's interesting. Um, Mr. Malkio is 84 years old. And so what's happened is it seems like he's, you know, he's pounded the table on this whole passive investing thing, but he seems like he's changing his tune. And it's not like he's just changing his philosophy. He's actually going out there and cranking out product behind it. He's got product behind it. So what he's done is, uh, <clears throat> what he's saying is that, is that in, in a roundabout ways, he talked about the monkeys having a better job, can do a better job than you know human beings. He's saying now that actually human beings can do a better job than the monkeys. And the reason why he says that is because Technology has really leveled the, uh, the playing field and lowered the cost, that cost differential, um, that, that gap that uh, separated actively managed, uh, passively managed performance and actively managed performance. And so what he's saying is that um, <clears throat> it is possible now that you can actually beat the market um, using some sophisticated algorithmic kind of formula and models. And so... Mr. Malka, as I said, was, has been on the board, was on the board of directors for almost 27 years with Vanguard. He is now the chief at the age of 84. I've got to give him credit for this. He's, at the, he's the chief investment advisor for Wealthfront, which is one of the big robo-advisors in the U.S. And robo-advisors are these online wealth management companies that basically have algorithms and manage portfolios um, using algorithms and develop asset allocations and balance rebalance portfolios and try to do it. And the value proposition is using ETFs, using a passive approach and a low cost approach, and to do that and do that for people um, at various levels of uh, income. And uh, so it's interesting. He is now associated with that, and he is also associated with this new product that Wealthfront has. Um, he's kind of given his blessing to this product that the Wealthfront has introduced, and it's called advanced indexing. And so when I first read this, I'm going, hmm, it's kind of like, you know, uh, there's Tide detergent and then there's new and improved Tide. So it's kind of funny. It's like, well, we have indexing, but now we have advanced indexing. So it's like even better than indexing. Um, and so what it is, is the, the strategy, as they like to uh, talk about, is to, quote unquote, aim to exploit market inefficiencies and beat the passive approach based on an, an based on an index weighted by stocks uh, by stock market capitalization. And so uh, many people when I've read about this and heard about this kind of this whole strategy falls into this element of smart beta, this smart beta low volatility kind of strategy which has been really 
a big, big seller right now in the market. If you go over last year, a lot, of, a lot of money has flowed into funds, portfolios, ETFs that are promoting this low volatility, smart beta strategy, where you take, uh, where you basically, you know, you can talk about it's actively managed a strategy. You're defining a criteria, in this case, uh, picking stocks uh, that have low volatility, um, that are that in which the price movements are are lower than the overall market uh, price movements, and the premise being that those type of a portfolio is going to be much more stronger, much more resilient, uh, in preserving its capital in rough markets when the market's really in, in, in tough shape, and in the good times it's going to join the benefits, which is good. Which is you know ultimately as investors that's what we want. We want to make money in good times and we want to preserve our money. In bad times, and so this has been a big, um, <clears throat> a big push. So it seems like um, this whole advanced, yeah, advanced indexing, is Mr. Malkiel's kind of way. He's, he's given this stamp of approval, saying this is a, a legitimate way to a legitimate strategy. And so it's interesting um, <clears throat> that a person who's who's pounded the table over his, uh, his career, uh, promoting and selling. Uh, encouraging people to be more top, a more passive manage, uh, investment strategy uh, philosophy is now saying, well, yeah, you can, but this is actually maybe a little bit better. So at first I was kind of like going to go, aha, gotcha, 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 gotcha. See, um, that would be my f normal reaction. I'd, go, and I'd be kind of frustrated. But then uh, I kind of stepped back and I said, you know what? Uh, this is probably not, this is, this is okay in a sense. But, uh, and I'm gonna talk about it as we get to some sort of the takeaways when I, when I read this. Um, one thing I, I think that jumped out at me is the fact that Wealthfront is getting involved in this and the fact that they're getting somebody to kind of promote or sponsor or be that endorsement of their investment strategy. Um, again, it's, it's interesting because this is, uh, the robo-advisor value proposition has always been about uh, passive approach, low cost, minimal, you know, rebalancing when you need to, and kind of not in the business of picking stocks or picking uh, investments, but what they're doing by putting this type of product is saying that, yeah, well, they are. And I think what, what, I, what jumps out at me is the fact that is, um, there's not what they're doing, how they have been traditionally doing, they're just not making enough money. There just isn't margin. When you're, when you're managing low-cost portfolios, you're not making money. You can't charge a heck of a lot of commission. Uh, to make it, so it's very hard to sustain the model. So what they're doing now is just you're just going to start seeing more of this. Is introducing some more higher cost, actively managed kind of components into these their portfolio, into their into their product line. And uh, as an investor, it's you're kind of scratching your head: uh, is this good or bad? And ultimately, we're trying to keep our costs low. And so from that perspective, it's not that great. Um, <clears throat> so. It's interesting because I find that you know it comes down to this whole concept of strategy, and you know people. It's kind of the life cycle of a, stra a strategy is good, uh, an investment strategy is good until it isn't good, until it stops working, or it isn't good until a whole lot of people get on the way, get on the bandwagon, and start copying you and start doing the same thing, and. Uh, it's interesting because we're kind of seeing this kind of thing play out here where um, you have people who, you know, I'm just basically talking about sort of the life cycle of an investment strategy. And often it is, 
it starts off with a small little place, a couple of people, a boutique kind of organization, developing a model, developing a strategy. It starts working. People start hearing about it and they say, hey, I want to get on it, in on it or I'm going to copy it and do my own version of it. And so then all of a sudden you got a lot of people following, adopting the same strategy. And then all of a sudden those uh, assumptions in which that model was developed by don't work. And then the strategy falls down and then people lose money and get upset. So it's interesting when Wealthfront marketed this advanced indexing uh, product or service that they've got, <coughs> they based their, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> they based their, uh, their their pitch really is that they back tested this thing like 50 years, over 50 years, and on average they were generating, they were outperforming uh, the, the index by 1% a year over that 50 year period. And again, it comes down to this, again, this other sort of takeaway with respect to strategies is that past performance, just because it worked in the past, doesn't mean it worked in the future. And a lot of times when you see like these companies talk to you about, well, we've back-tested this strategy, investment strategy over 20 years, and this is the return we generated. Well, a lot of times that back-testing was done in a very perfect kind of world, and maybe they accounted for all these different variables, but a lot of times with these investment strategies and these investment models, they don't model everything and they can't take everything into account. And if that was the case, then we would have never had the financial crisis. We would have never had a subprime meltdown. We wouldn't have had any of that garbage. Um, it would have been modeled in, but it wasn't. And that's the limitation again with strategies. You have to take them with a very big grain of salt, especially when you hear the concept of backtesting because yeah, you wanna see if there's some demonstrated competency behind doing that. Um, but to assume, well, it worked in the past and it does, that means it's going to work in the future is a pretty dangerous thing when it comes to investing. And that's where it feeds into one of our behavioral biases that I like to talk about, which is recency bias. Just because the stock market, uh, t the S&P 500 went up 20% last year doesn't mean it's going to go up 20% in the future. Um, you have to have an open mind uh, with respect to how you look at these strategies. And that's the key thing that comes. So at the surface, I thought it was sort of an aha, ironic moment. <clears throat> where <clears throat> this gentleman who was the father of passive investing is saying, may not, that may not be that great a thing anymore. Um, so I'm wondering if that's kind of maybe, is this sort of that jump the shark moment for passive investing? I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But really, you know, the second level thinking that I was kind of thinking about this was that strategies, you're going to see all kinds, there's all kinds of investing strategies out there value-based, growth-based, technical analysis, behavioral analysis, literally the eye test where people just go and meet people and make decisions based on the type of uh, governance and management style that are out there. The key takeaway for investors is, for us, is there is no magic strategy. There is no holy grail of investment strategy. This advanced indexing strategy may be a useful thing, but it's not be you know, by no means the defining investment strategy you need to consider. You have to look at your plan, your strategy, your goals in your life, what you need to earn, and then adopt a particular strategy that you're comfortable with um, to, 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 to meet your success. And so there's no magic strategy out there. Uh, <clears throat> second thing that's a takeaway for me is, because of that, you need to open your mind to all different kinds of concepts. And whether you believe in actively managed uh, investing or you believe in passively managed, you need to kind of uh, be willing to embrace ideas from both sides. Um, because investing is a process. 
And I can tell you from my personal experience, the way I invest, my core ideology is very much the same, but how I go about investing, the strategies that I use, um, I use ETFs and I do buy individual stocks because I think there's merit in both of them. I think there's value, uh, there's opportunities to make decent returns through both mechanisms. So you have to be, I just have to be aware and be open to it and not just be, well, I don't believe in ETFs, so I'm not gonna invest in ETFs. There are people out there that are like that and, and they're gonna pound the table on that and, and they're gonna say that their way is the best way. I, from my experience, the people that really know how to do this stuff really well have very open minds and are willing to embrace different ideas and strategies and perspectives and how they make investment decisions. And the third thing that really comes, that's important too, that it's a takeaway is whatever strategy you're looking at, just don't take it because it's back, somebody back-tested it 50 years and it works, and it worked. You gotta look under the hood and you gotta do some due diligence on it and see what kind of investing that was done, what kind of assumptions were made, and ask questions. And if you don't understand the strategy, well then you probably shouldn't be doing it, but then if you're working with an advisor, you're working with a bank, somebody in a bank, or working with somebody in a mutual fund company, ask the questions if you don't understand. Look under the hood, ask the questions, because this is your money, and you wanna make sure you're making good investment decisions. So, <clears throat> I found this really interesting. At first, as I said, I thought it was quite ironic, and kind of a aha moment in a sense that the father of index investing is basically kind of throwing it under the bus. Um, but at the same time, and then basically going to join another company and has basically endorsed another company's uh, product and strategy <coughs> to, uh, to push that. But uh, to me, the, the big real takeaway from, from this article was just the whole concept of, of thinking of when you're looking at an investment strategy to really be an open mind on it and not just get centered on focusing on one type of thing. And, Kind of having that confirmation bias and just something that you believe in and just sticking with embrace all ideas embrace all concepts and that's what i teach people um, that i work with how to how to do so if you have any questions about this feel free to ask uh, send away if you want to weigh on it tell me if i'm full of it tell me if i'm you know where you agree disagree it's all good let's have a convo on it you can hit me through my uh, website sageinvestors.ca and just drop an email through there and you know, i'd love to hear from you you can hit me through my Twitter uh, account. My uh, handle is at Sage Investors. I'm on there all the time. Um, kind of just tweeting away my personal investment decisions in real time, but also sharing with you what I'm reading, what I'm kind of thinking about as I'm formulating my own investment decisions uh, and my observations, what I'm seeing, what's going on in the market. So you can follow me through there. Feel free to do that. And <coughs> sorry, just want to announce also that I've recently... Uh, created a Facebook page, uh, Sage Investors. So just do a search for there, jump on board. I post all my blogs, uh, blog updates, uh, links to my blog updates, podcasts, videos, and, and also all uh, articles that I'm seeing and I'm reading uh, as I'm formulating my own investment decisions. So feel free to jump on there and feel free to like, follow. I don't know what, you gotta, what else you gotta do uh, on Facebook. So that's just brand new, spanking new. So i uh, love to hear from you. you can. Yeah, you can ask me questions through there too. I'll be happy to, uh, to guide you and answer uh, whatever you got. So <clears throat> that's all I got for you this week. Uh, this has been another episode of Stock Talk. My name is Amin Reina of Sage Investors. Thank you for joining. And feel free to subscribe to any of the other podcasts. They're on uh, iTunes or through my website, sageinvestors.ca. And uh, we'll uh, catch you again another time. Take care. Bye-bye.